What's up, guys? Welcome to the Hoobies Podcast. Uh, I'm Ibrahim, and my co-host is Yusuf. And today we're going to be talking about the 2017 draft class. And they just recently, some of them got their rookie extensions. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, Ibrahim, talk to, talk to them about, like, some of the notable extensions. Oh, yeah. So, basically, um, this offseason, there was about, like, five notable extensions. Uh, the first one is Jonathan Isaac from the Orlando Magic. He was the sixth pick of the 2017 draft, and he got four years, 80 million. So what do you think? Is that an overpay or no? It is $20 million a year for someone who just came off an Achilles injury in the NBA bubble. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 first of all, Jonathan Isaac, he's a great player. I feel like, he's, like he showed what, what type of player he is. Like during like, the bubble, he played really well. And it's really sad. Like, you know, he got like two season-ending injuries. And I think that – I think it's a good um, signing – um and yeah I mean he did he averaged like 13 points a game and he was like an all NBA level defender before he went down he was like really good and people thought he was going to be like first team all defense like he has a really bright future but we don't really know how the injury is going to be like if that injury just derails his completely derails his career then this is going to end up in like three years this is going to be a horrible contract and everybody's going to be like putting it on their worst contracts of the year list in like three years. But I yeah. think he's gonna bounce back. I, I don't think it's that. But the thing is that I would want to say is like even towards the end, like um, like when he got drafted, a lot of people said like, oh, he couldn't shoot the three ball. But like towards the end, like his threes started started like you know going in. And like I really like the way that like Vucevic, Isaac, like you know, and he's a tall player, like you know, kind of reminds me of like a Jalen Brown, except a little taller, kind of like a KD actually, except like you know, not as not as like dominant in terms of scoring, but He's a solid player, and you know it's interesting to see like they signed him for four years, eighty million. Like, what's going to happen to Aaron Gordon? Because right, you know they play the same position, so what's going to it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens. Yeah, that's the thing. He was compared to Kevin Durant in high school, but then the thing is, he's not really Kevin Durant because he's more of he like focuses more on defense and he's more of a defensive player. So yeah, I mean, it's not it, this didn't make that many headlines, I think, but the next one didn't make. It. That many headlines either next one is Derek white from the san antonio spurs i have no clue what pick he was he was not a lottery pick i don't really watch yeah that, but he got four years and 73 million well i think this is an overpay okay because i think a lot of people like to say that Derek white is like an underrated player and he does so much that like it doesn't like the stats don't show what he does but like where have the spurs been in like the past two years they've been like barely making the playoffs to keep, to keep some like 20 years streak alive right and Derek White is supposed to be like the forefront of their future and he averaged like 11 points a game and he's getting this much money I think it's a slight overpay if he gets better this won't be that bad of a contract but I think it's a little bit overpay yeah I mean the one thing that I would say is that like if you hear about his story and how he got into the NBA it's like you know it's like a feel-good kind of story and like I don't know like it, it's like DeHonte Murray was there too they had uh Brent Forbes and Derek White took his position. Derek White even tried out for the Olympic team. I think he 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 played for the Olympics, right? He did, which I did not agree with. I was I was like, yo, why is this guy here? He's literally like, because <laughs> when you look at his numbers, he's literally a role player, right? He's like a starter, but then he's like averaging eleven. Like Patty Mills averages eleven. He's like a perennial role player, and it's like this guy's getting this much money for like wait wait a second, what are you talking about, dude? This man played a. Uh, Last year he averaged twenty one point eight points per game, and you know he. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about last? Okay, last year. Hold on, let me look at the stats. 
Yeah, he averaged 21 points. And the season before that, he averaged 19 points a game. And then the season in 2017, 2018, he averaged 20. So, I mean, he's a solid player. Like, he can give you points, but maybe you maybe might. Know, I'm talking about Derek White. Yeah. Derek White, he averaged 9.8 points a game. Wait, really? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yo, okay. Anyway, first career, at least. Um, oh, wait, I was looking at some crazy stats. What the heck? Okay, so okay. he averaged um, 11 points a game this year. That's what I'm saying. That's basically what I was saying was he averaged 11 points a game this year. And that's numbers for, uh, for a role player, right? And yes. four years and $73 million, that's a long time. But I think the reason they're paying you is because he's solid, right? And he's yeah. not like, he's not a bad defender. And like, he's always going to be like consistent because he is very consistent. And they're just, you know, giving his, giving him his payday. He's also progressed no. a lot since he was first drafted. So, well, I mean, in his last like, um, like this season, he's only averaging 11 points, and that's like 113th in the league. And first of all, he was the first, he was a late first round pick, but I don't know. I feel like, I mean, they also got Trey Jones, Patty Mills, but the thing about Patty Mills is that he gets injured a lot. So, I think Derek White was a good, um, pickup for them. Maybe he was a little expensive, but at the same time, you have to like pay a guy like a lot of money. Like, you know what they did at Bogdan Bogdanovich? Like, you have to pay him like a lot if you want him to stay. Yeah. Or not even stay to come to your team. Yeah, this wasn't even a lot. Of, I don't know why people didn't think this was an overpay. I thought it was, but people just weren't talking about it for some reason. Anyways, moving on. OG Ananobi. Four years and $72 million for a role player. He's literally a role player. Yeah, he hit a game winner like against the Celtics and everybody went crazy. Yeah. He's a role player. Yo, why is he getting the hit? Dude, how? If it's really this hey. easy to get money in this NBA, hey, then hey, should get money. It's a really weird offseason, to be honest, because there's we have role players over here getting $70 million, Like, $70 million for a role player. Like, that's when you know that the NBA salary cap is a little too bit too high. I know it cannot be too high, but sometimes people get overpaid when they really haven't done that much to deserve it. But when a team has, like, this much in salary cap space, then the player's agent is going to negotiate and obviously, you know, talk them into a a bigger deal than they actually deserve. Hey, so, what did you what did you think about um you think Fred Van Vliet, do you think he got underpaid or overpaid with that contract? Because OG Ananobi, like he got four years 72. I think Fred Van Vliet, he got four years 80 million. Four years 80 million. I think he's not here's the thing. He's a decent starter in the NBA. He's a really good shooter and he was a huge part of their team for he's been a huge part of their team for a couple of years. He had like what 15 points in that fourth quarter in the finals to like bring it home. To yeah. like win the championship. So I think he deserved it, to be honest. He he is he's not a role player. That's the thing. Like if you're a role player, you shouldn't be getting this much money. But if you're like a starter who's proven himself and who's proven that he deserves that money, then yeah, I don't have a problem with him getting like four years 80 million. But do you think that you think that like okay, if you look at the like the Raptors starting lineup, it's like Van Vliet, Lowry, Siakam, and Anobi, and then like Who's their like? Who's their fifth? Aaron Baines. Oh yeah, they got Aaron Baines this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Or wait, what's that? Chris Boucher. Like you know, that's only like, like they're playing kind of small. Like you know, Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry. They're like six three, but Kyle Lowry, like he can like in the playoffs, he's guarding Jason Tatum. But I don't know. I don't. I didn't think that went really well. Yeah, well, Jason Tatum still averaged like twenty seven against uh, the Raptors, but I mean, you can't really stop Tatum though. That's one of the things. Here's the thing though. I mean, yeah, I think Nick Nurse is such a good coach that will figure it out. But I expect them this season, though, I expect them to get worse. 
Because yeah. like they they've not gotten better. They just paid him, but they haven't really gotten better. Because I would say Mark Gasol, yeah, he didn't play that many minutes for them, but he was actually a very underrated defender. And Aaron Baines is not gonna like fill that hole. Plus, I'm pretty sure Mark Gasol is like a good veteran. He has a good, like a good veteran presence and stuff like that. And he also locked up Joel Embiid, which a lot of people don't give him credit for. Like Joel Embiid yeah. had that zero point game against Mark Gasol. I think Mark Gasol is Joel Embiid's like kryptonite. As crazy yeah. as that sounds. <laughs> No, but the thing is, like, I think that what the Raptors are going into, like, the offseason, like, maybe they expected Chris Boucher to fill, like, um, the role of Serge Ibaka, Marcus Saul, like, but I don't, I don't think that really, like, is true. Um, I feel like Aaron Baines, like, I feel like they kind of signed him because they needed, like, they needed to sign someone. Like, they already lost, like, two of their players, and then they're at the point where, like, we just need to sign someone at, like, to, like, fill in the gap, like, fill in the void. But I don't know. I feel like the Raptors, uh, maybe, like, seventh or eighth in the east this year i don't have high expectations for them wait eighth yo that's kind of that's pretty low but i think siakam is a great regular season player i think it's gonna lead them to some regular season um, success but maybe not like that bad. i think they, there's gonna be like the new pacers of the well the pacers are in the east but the new pacers basically hey i predict okay actually maybe seven or eight was kind of low maybe like four through seven and i predict that they'll get through the first round but second round they'll definitely get eliminated yeah that's that's what i think too uh next up luke Kennard from the la clippers he got four years 64 million he was a lottery pick back in the 2017 draft uh it was a late lottery pick but still a lottery pick. so what do you think oh okay so he signed four years 64 million and did you see um Andres harrell like the tweet that he had like he was like laughing at the contract like when I first heard the contract, I was really shocked because like I didn't know who this kid was. Like he played in a small market team in Detroit, so I, I like I didn't know who he was. But after hearing some of his stats, like I think last year he averaged around like 16 points per game. But at the same time, he was on like you know an okay team. And but this year, okay, so like now the guy has money and like now he's fitting in with the Clippers. I mean, although it's only been three games, like this season, you know what his stats are? What? He's averaging six points per game and he's averaging two turnovers per game. And Yo, he's shooting I mean, twenty eight. He's shooting twenty eight point six percent from the field. What about from three? No, no, no from three point. My, my bad. He's shooting twenty eight point six from three point range, and he is and shooting thirty three point three like from the field percent That's from the just, field. Okay, his job is to shoot threes because his job is to be a sharpshooter. I remember last season, um, I randomly for some reason tuned into like a Pistons game, and I don't know what was like Luke Kennard. I don't know what happened to him. And he was just lining it up, right? He had like 30 or something. And I was like, yo, who is this guy? And then I looked at the stats and I was like, hey, he's actually pretty decent. And I saw he was like a lottery pick. But then he was injured for like 30 plus games. So yeah, that injury history might continue, but this is an overpay. I think everybody agrees this is an overpay because yeah. you, can, you can't expect him to get better on like a championship team because like the more mistakes he makes, he's just going to get pulled out of the game. So he's not going to really like flourish in his role plus he's a shooter and like yeah. his job is to shoot and i don't think you should pay a shooter just like a specialist that much money because like what playmaking does he have he doesn't have that much uh, he can't really he can dribble like okay but he doesn't have like the best defense i think it's an overplay okay but the thing also about luke Kennard is like if you look at the clippers like they already have like two great wings like in Kawhi leonard and Paul George, like, I mean, they're, like, you know, their point guard, Patrick Beverly, like, you know, he's a solid player, and, like, who's their four? Uh, their four, 
It's Surge. They signed Surge or something. Oh, Surge Ibaka, and then their five is Zubac. Like, I don't know. I feel like Luke Kennard, like the like the Clippers already have two wings, and I feel like you're signing a guy for $16 million to like basically come off the bench. Like, not come off the bench, but you know, like a third wing. But I don't think yeah. they need a third wing. Like, like, you know, a lot of people were saying, like, with the Clippers, like, especially like they needed a point guard, like coming into like off like after the offseason, like a lot of people were saying, like, oh, the Clippers, like, all they need to do is get a solid point guard because what they found was like in the playoffs, like you know, Kawhi Leonard, like, you know, obviously, like, his heroics, but, like, I mean, he played good and all that, but, I mean, like, previous postseasons, but they needed, like, a facilitator to handle the ball, like, Patrick Beverly, who's just getting technical fouls, and, like, this man, like, fouled out, like, he'd get fouled out after, like, playing 20 minutes, and then, like, Lou Williams would would have to come in, like, they never had a true point guard, and I feel like Kawhi, Paul George, and, like, all that, like, I'm not saying that they play better, like, when they're off the ball, but I feel like if they had, like, a true point guard running the show and all that, like, it would make like their life much more easier and like they wouldn't have to carry such a big burden. Yeah, I think I was surprised, but like they if they gave this like contract to like a competent point guard or something, I wouldn't have been that mad. But like a Luke Kennard who basically plays the exact same position as Kawhi and Paul George. So like what's yeah. the point? Because Kawhi and Paul George are the starters, like no matter what. Because everybody knows that because Paul George got his bag, right? Like 200 something million. So yeah. everybody knows he's gonna be playing at least 38 minutes a game. Maybe not in the regular season, but at least in the playoffs. So why are you paying this guy $16 million a year just to, what, play 15 to 20 minutes a game? I think that that's an overpay. Yeah. Anyway. Like, or, wait, one yeah. last thing about that was, like, this season, although it's only been three games, like, he's averaging around 25 minutes per game. And, like, you know, you're paying a guy $16 million. Like, you know, people who get paid that much amount of money, like, usually, like, you know, they play, like, 30 or, like, 35 or maybe even 40 minutes. But, like, 25 minutes, like, this was a really bad contract, in my opinion. Yeah, same. I think that, too. Okay. Uh, the last rookie extension. This was for the Mavericks. Markel Fultz. Three years, $50 million. What do you think? Well, okay. Last year, he, he did have an improved season. Like, you know, like the Sixers, you know. like Okay, last year, I mean, this year, he's averaging 18 points per game. He's playing really well. I think that he's a good fit with like the magic. I think that's why they paid him a lot because the way that like he was able to facilitate. And by the way, a lot of people underrate his like defense. Like he's a solid defender, like the way that he guards. And I mean, he kind of plays kind of funky, like, you know, like not like draggedy, but you know, like, you know, he plays like in a unique way. And I, I like, I like, you know, his whole story, like he's a first overall pick, but then like, you know, things didn't go his way. And then after that, like, I felt like last year, like it was kind of like a redeeming year for him. And like, he played really well. Um, yeah, he, I think that he was a good fit. And, like, you know, what's really interesting was that the Magic, they actually signed, like, the, you know, they paid Markel Fultz, like, the money. And, like, they, they let go of DJ Augustine. And, like, I think that was really interesting because in the playoffs last year, DJ Augustine was taking a lot of minutes of Markel Fultz. So a lot of people were saying, like, oh, like, Markel Fultz, when he did come in, a lot of good stuff was happening. Like, you know, the ball was moving. And, like, you know, like, you know, like, if they're down by 12, Markel Fultz would come in and, like, it would be, like, a five, six-point game. So – a lot of people said, like, Marco Fultz, he brings energy, like, points. He can score. He can, like, not shoot yet, but, you know, he can facilitate the ball really yeah. well. So I think that by getting rid of DJ Augustine, you're giving more minutes to Marco Fultz. It's kind of like Lonzo Ball. Like, you know, they got rid of Drew Holiday. They want, like, um, they want Lonzo Ball to improve. And I think that it's a good contract because, like, he fits in with the system, and I can see him be a magic for a long time. Yeah, I thought it wasn't as good as you're saying it was because here's the thing, right? 
he hasn't really earned like I feel like he hasn't earned the contract. Like he had one okay year. He averaged like 12 and five, right? 12 points, five assists, and he still couldn't shoot. So you're paying a point guard who can't shoot. And you know, in this NBA, you got you have to be able to shoot in a modern NBA. Like you kind of have to, unless you're like Ben Simmons or something. Unless you're Ben Simmons, you kind of have to be able to shoot. If you're paying that guy $50 million, if it was like a little bit less, I'd be fine. But I don't think it's that bad because it is only three years and not four years. It's a little bit, it's not as long-term as the other contract. But here's the thing. From this offseason, they signed, what, two rookies to like these big extensions. I mean, Markel Fultz is not that big, but still. I think this is like kind of a, a move towards the future. Uh, like they're prioritizing like their young guys over their older guys. I just hope they do that with Nikola Vucevic. They, uh, I hope that they move him for I, I don't know some draft picks or something because he basically they drafted Mo Bamba and then they just yeah. benched him straight away for like no re- just because no reason just because Vucevic was there and and they're like well we have this all star center right here who has to get his thirty minutes per game and has to get his twenty points and ten rebounds per game. And well, if you're if you want to play, you have to make like no mistakes on the court. If you as soon as you make a couple mistakes, we're gonna put Vucevic back in. So how is Bamba? I think Bamba is like a bust because of that. And he gets like a bad rap. Everybody calls him like, oh, the song is better than the player, but like it really wasn't his fault. Because when you draft someone with the sixth overall pick, you have to believe in them and you have to like actually give them minutes to actually do something on the court. Yeah. But and that's and if they don't and you just blame them, then that's on the organization. That's not on the player. Well, I mean, one last thing that, I mean, I feel like, um, by the way, today's December 27th, and Marco Fultz, he just dropped a career high 26. So, I mean, I'm not going to overreact in this game, but I'm saying that, you know, it's like his contract's coming into play. And, like, you know what's really interesting is that, like, the, like, the Magic, they have, like, they have a young core, and, like, you know, um, Fultz, they surrounded him with Isaac. And then um, Fournier, he's a solid player. Terrence Ross, but I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you with the whole like um, Vucevic thing. And I can see a situation like that in Atlanta. Like you have Clint Capella, you just drafted like a high pick. Who did they draft this year? Um, um, this year, uh, the guy from USC. They drafted Onyeka Okongwu from USC. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of like the same thing. But I, I don't know what the Magic were thinking when they're drafting Mo Bamba because you're, you're in a sense they kind of ruined. I mean, they haven't ruined his like career, obviously, but they haven't given. They didn't put him in a position to succeed because, like, if they did put him in a position to succeed, you know, he'd be playing like 25, 30 minutes per game. But like, when you're coming off the bench, like I totally agree. Like, if you make one or two mistakes, then they'll take you off the game, and like your minutes, like your minutes decrease. You're more of a bench player. But one last thing about Mo Bamba is like, I, I want to say he's injury prone, but. A lot of the reasons why he's not playing a lot of minutes is that he he does get injured quite a lot. Yeah, that that's also another point. Yeah, a lot of people say he's like injury prone, which he has been gotten injured a lot. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, here's the thing, right? With the Magic, they have to do something different because I don't think their fan base. Maybe they are. I'm not a Magic fan, but I don't think their fan base should be content with like the eighth seed every year and a first round exit every single year because. You want a lot of people say like it should be championship or bust. And I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be exactly like championship or bust, but you should at least try and hope for a championship. And if you don't see it in your immediate future, like if you're not a contender, 
then you should try rebuilding and getting a lot of assets. But right now they're just stuck in the middle where they're they're not bad enough. Like they have good players on their team. They're talent. They have some talent, but so they're not bad enough to like be a trash lottery team. But they're also not good enough to actually do anything. So we'll see. Like right now, the only way they can get better is if Markel Fultz gets better and if Jonathan Isaac gets better, or whatever other young players they have, like. Mobamba, if he gets better, if he has a breakout year, like if they trade Evan Fournier and Cole Anthony turns out to be a star, that's the only way because otherwise, like, we don't know, like, how bad they're going to be. Like, they might turn out to be the next, the, like, next. We don't know. Well, <clears throat> I would say it's like the Magic, like, every year they always end up in the same spot. They're the eighth seed, they play the Bucks, and then they lose. So, I mean, like, for me, like, you know, just as an NBA fan, like, when it comes to playoffs, like, what I look at is like a lot of people underrate the benches of a lot of like playoff teams. Like if you look at the Warriors, like when they when they won like their championships, like they had a solid bench. Like, you know, they had Iguodala coming off the bench. They had like Livingston, like they just had a solid bench. And like the problem with the Magic is that like they have no bench. Like when it comes to like playoff time and like, you know, your starters get injured. Like I remember watching the Bucks game and like as soon as the bench would come in, like the Bucks would just dominate them. And like, I mean, like it was always like the Magic always had to play the catch up game. Like you know, the Bucks would always get up top and then like the Magic would just like heroically come back. But that, that didn't really happen because they only won one game. And that game, a lot of people say Giannis didn't play well. So I feel like the Magic, they need to like, you know, like the Warriors, they did something unique in drafting Steph Curry. Like I feel like Markel Fultz, like he, I'm not comparing him to Steph Curry, but that, I mean, that is unique. They just need to surround him with more young pieces and with the solid bench. Like, you know, they just have to like build up their rosters, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, Basically, the Pistons were in the same position, right? The Pistons were like an eighth seed every year. And they're like, okay, Stan Van Gunny's like, okay, I'm part of this. I'm going to make a trade. He traded for Blake Griffin, and it didn't end up being that much better. So they're like, okay, the only logical thing to do now is to rebuild and start over. So that's what they did. Like, they traded away Andre Drummond for, like, nothing because he didn't have, like, as much value as people thought. And yeah, now they're planning on trading away Blake Griffin, only it's such a hard contract to trade away that like they don't really know what to do they might have to like tough it out and just have him be there for the rest of his contract because 40 million dollars is a lot or 37 or how much however much it is so yeah all right Um, so we got two more minutes of this of of our podcast and ibrahim i would like to ask you a couple of questions so okay so some teams give me like two teams that you think are going to be really underrated this season and like you know, like the Miami Heat, they surprised everyone. And then the Western Conference, the Nuggets surprised everyone. Give me one team from the East that will surprise everyone that a lot of people are sleeping on. Give me one team in the West that a lot of people are sleeping on. Okay, so from the East, um, I, I mean, they're not really underrated. Uh, I was going to say the Atlanta Hawks. And the reason I'm saying that, I mean, a lot of people are saying like, oh, look, they're contenders, but still the media still doesn't cover them. In the East right now, it's all about KD and Kyrie. And then after KD and Kyrie, it's Giannis, who's like a superstar. And after that, it's Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. And maybe after that, it's the Sixers, but they've been so disappointing for like the past two or three years that like people are starting to forget about them until like Joe Embiid has like a monster game. But nobody's really talking about the Hawks that much. They're, maybe like Trey Young will make a couple of headlines like, oh, wow, he dropped 37 again. But, like, they haven't actually won anything yet. So we don't know how good they're going to be. And they really made a big gamble this offseason by signing, like, two big free agents. 
in Bogdan Bogdanovich and Danilo Gallinari, but and if that we'll have to see if that pays out. But I was just gonna say like they're underrated because not a lot of people are talking about them. In the West, who I think is an underrated um, team, I think. Hmm. Let me think. Wait. What do you think? I actually not sure. Let me think. All right. From the East, I think that um, I think an underrated team would be. I'm, okay, this is this is out of the blue, but I think that the Cavs can be like I can see them sleeping in like you know getting eight, nine, ten spot, and from the West, okay, this is a real sleeper. I think that the I think the Pelicans can make some noise this year, like you know Zion coming back, etc. Um, I think that he can he can play really good actually this year, and like maybe I, I mean Zion. Here's the thing, right? He's finally on like target like he's not injured anymore and he's not like being load managed or whatever only getting 20 minutes a game like in the bubble which was really weird and he can actually be like the number one pick he was supposed to be so maybe he can lead the pelicans to like a playoff berth but i was gonna say the timberwolves and the reason i'm saying that is because they have like what a big three now anthony edwards just had like 18 points in his last game he's starting to get more confident and stuff and they have what d'angelo russell Carl Anthony Towns, they have uh, the number one overall pick in Anthony Edwards, and they also have Malik Beasley, who's like, I don't know how, he's just like an insanely good scorer, even though that's the only thing he does, but he's still a really good scorer. And they have Jarrett Culver, who's like also okay. I mean, he's not the greatest, but he's okay. And I think the only, like, they kind of have to, they're desperate to make the playoffs because after the Wiggins trade, they owe their first-round pick to the Warriors this year. So they're going to do everything they can to make the playoffs, to uh, take the value down for that pick because it's only top three protected. And if they, like, end up being a lottery team, then they'll, and if they're, like, really, really bad, then the Warriors are going to get a lot more value out of the trade. But we'll have to see. I mean, I think that Tim Rose are a little bit underrated, especially because everybody is saying that they're just going to be a really bad defensive team and Carl Anthony Towns is overrated and all of that stuff, which people have been saying for a couple of years now. All right. Well, those are your predictions. These are our predictions, our analysis of contract extensions, and we hope to we hope to produce more episodes. And we look forward to releasing our next episode. Thank you for thank you for listening, and peace out. All right.